confidence comes from action. So if you're waiting to feel confident in order to take action, you're gonna be waiting for the rest of your life. So action comes first and the byproduct of action is confidence. You literally have to do the thing that you have zero evidence will work, zero evidence that you're gonna figure out, you do it, <laughs> and then confidence comes. If you're waiting to be ready for anything, it buckle up, because you're gonna be there for a long time. <laughs> like, it, you're never gonna be ready for shit. And the confidence comes from just, just do the fucking thing. This is Maestro on the Mic. A podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it popping. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get maestro Three, two. One. Hey friends, Maestro here and welcome back to another episode of Maestro on the Mic. Today I have with me someone who I met at one of the courses I taught and to this day her case studies that she presented, that she asked about, remain the funniest, the best. She's in the social media space. She's a personal trainer. She runs her own business. She's doing the thing, walking the walk, talking the talk. She's not afraid to show up and take space. And quite frankly, I was like, you are a perfect fit for this podcast. I got to get you on here. So here we are. Without further ado, welcome to the show, my friend, Christina Montalvo. Welcome, homie. Hey, Shante. (laughs) We're doing it. We're going to talk about shrimp. We're going to talk about COVID. And it's going to be great. I'm sweating. I told you that before we hit record. I'm sweating. <laughs> and this this woman here, it's just because she's like so excitable. She, she has her own podcast. She does the damn thing. I'm not going to lie, Christina. When I read on um, the bio you sent me, I read it as that you started a personal training business out of your out of your car. And I was like, wait, what? How the fuck? It says single car garage. <laughs> yeah. Equally impressive. But I was like, yo, this chick is like even more impressive than I thought. She's starting a business out of her car. I'm not, I'm not that cool. <laughs> so I will pass the mic to you. Can you tell the folks just who you are, whatever you want about your journey? What are you doing with your life? Gosh, what am I doing question. with my life? It's crazy now because of COVID and 2020. I think everyone's kind of having an existential crisis. But up until this point, I have... I don't know. I don't know how to summarize it. Just kind of being really guided by my values and my convictions and doing things my own way, which has landed me into a lot of really interesting situations. Um, You know, I got my degree in exercise science. And at the time, I thought I made it because I got a job at a commercial gym, you know, like Mm -hmm. full time personal trainer. You're like, yes, I get I get to be paid to be a gym rat. And I didn't even make it six months before realizing, you know, like I know it all. I'm 21 years old. I think I know it all. But in looking back, I wasn't that wrong. It's, Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't know it all back then, but just the way that they were 
handling their clients, the things that you were made to sell and do and how you had to talk to these people, I thought, you know, I think I can do it better. <laughs> so I love, I love that. That's so you. I love that. Right? It's so me. And it's, you know, it's gotten me into a lot of trouble, but it's also gotten me here. So it's not all bad. Man, I, I love that. I think there's something so valuable in realizing that like, no, you don't know it all, but you know there's a better way. Yeah. And you're like, no, I, I know this isn't the way. So what, what did that look like? You were in the global gym and then you were like, fuck this noise? Or like, what happened? So people always get kind of really confused because this Globo gym allowed me to actually buy my first home when I was really young. Mm -hmm. But what people don't mm -hmm. realize is that I worked my butt off. Like I worked three jobs all throughout college and was saving, saving, saving because I couldn't wait to be an adult, which I've got to tell you what a mistake. Like I wish I could just mm -hmm. be a kid again, you know, but so I was saving, saving, saving. And so, um, I was able to buy a home, very teeny tiny town home with a, with a single car garage. And literally from one day to the next, I thought, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I felt like I was selling my soul to the devil mm -hmm. working at this commercial gym, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was just, again, like it was out of my integrity to be there doing the things that you had to do to make it. And, you know, the stereotypical trainer hours are, they're a killer. They're a killer. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. up, you're there at five in the morning, you're getting home at nine o'clock at night. And so, man, I was yes. miserable. I was miserable mentally, physically, emotionally. And so from one day to the next, I thought, I'm going to figure this out on my own, you know, and uh, I quit. And I started a training business, a one-on-one uh, -on -one training business out of my single car garage. And it's funny because I think the more ignorant you are, the more ballsy yes. you are. Because I don't think yes. I would ever do that again. But I was like, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> and I just kept Yo. figuring it out day by day. I was like, just figure out whatever shit you need to figure out today. Tomorrow, there's going to be new shit to figure out. So just keep figuring it out. That is so. You folks listening, I told you she's perfect <laughs> for this show what did that look like christina a, a gym out of your single car garage like what did it actually physically look like and then like you know what were you thinking around that like what was actually in the space you mean like, yeah like how, it was just like you had just like you pulled your car out and you're like hey we have a gym in here now yeah my car has never seen the inside of that garage because of that <laughs> business so I, I put down mats. I installed mirrors that I got used because mirrors mm -hmm. are oddly very expensive. fucking expensive. Yeah. So expensive. I think it was like, honestly, Craigslist. I got mirrors, put them up. There was one single squat rack. And I mean, looking back, I went, I met some stranger from Craigslist at his storage <sighs> unit, like all the way, like this. several towns over. I was by myself. I had to figure it all out. And I'm thinking, Gosh, I don't know if I would go and meet a random guy at a storage <laughs> unit to get a squat like, Wow. But I did it. But you no. would. I just did that, honestly, uh, two months ago. Now I have a rack, so I think you would still do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there was one single squat rack in there. I think I had two barbells and one barbell sat in the squat rack and one sat on the floor. And, you know, I was only training one person at a time. And you just wow. I love it. work. Did you get these people that they follow you from the commercial gym or like where, how did you get people? Great question. So I was a horrible salesperson at the mm -hmm. commercial gym. Horrible. 
but they always had these like monthly and quarterly and annual reports or whatever. I never made it to the annual report, but what they kept telling me was that I had the best retention in the region. Mm. I got to tell you, that's huge. It's huge. And it was so devalued at the commercial gym, right? Because they're all about more revenue, more revenue, more revenue. But what I didn't even realize that I was doing at the time was building actual relationships with these people. And so a lot of people followed me and they're still with me to this day. I love that. So that's how it started. And then, you know, you just kept, I just kept cultivating these relationships and then it Mm -hmm. built from there. So you get friends, you get family of these clients that followed you and yeah, that's how, that's how it's. I I mean, that's it. That is business. Do you think that is, and let's, let's say, you know, I can't say COVID aside, but obviously like in-person is different, but like this approach, this, this, you know, grassroots approach, do you still recommend that today? Is that still feasible? Which part of the grassroots, like the whole thing? I would say more of like growing or getting more clients. This like just by cultivating relationships. Is this how you coach your, your people now? Yes. Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. We are in the relationship building business and we yeah. just so happen to facilitate fitness, you know? Ooh, that was good. <laughs> Writing that down. All right. Okay. This, that was really my good. Did you feel any kind of way when you first started about like, oh, this doesn't look nice enough or like, this is like a really small space or like, I'm embarrassed about this. Was there any of that going on? Oh my gosh. Yes. I was so embarrassed. I thought this is so raggedy. This is, you know, people, people are going to be like, really a single car garage. Like this is a joke. Right. And so for a long time, I kept my prices really, really low. So as to like apologize for the environment Mm. and I don't remember who it was, but someone pointed me in the direction of Ben Bruno and said, this Mm -hmm. guy charges $300 an hour out of his single car garage and he works exclusively with celebrities. And it was just that reframe of, oh my gosh, this is exclusive. This is special. This is different. And people will pay for that. All I needed to see was Ben Bruno uh, training Chelsea Handler in his garage with like his Maserati right next to her while she's deadlifting. Now, granted, I didn't have the Maserati part, <laughs> but I thought, oh my gosh, it was. And then I just showed up differently. I stopped pricing in a in an apologetic way and thought, this is different and special. And I've got a hell of a lot of knowledge in my brain. And if we happen to be doing it out of a single car garage, then so be it. And that perspective changed everything because I started attracting clients who loved that like homegrown, gritty, like we're here to work. We're not here to be cute, you know? And that was it. Ben Bruno changed my perspective. Isn't it hysterical? Wow. Wow. It's so great hearing people's stories and just the things that resonate with people because all it takes is like that one thing it was like that one video you're watching him do that and for so many people they have that moment I I would just say for so many people they're the same kind of people because you and I were same kind of people that they just need that one thing and then they're like and I'm off yeah I'm gonna do it that's so how was it though because let's be real Brent Bruno is a white man yes how was it for you starting this, doing this as a minority, as a double minority, as a, as a female 
you know, how how did that play and has it played in? Oh my goodness, yeah. So there was a a while in which I thought for whatever reason, I can't even remember why I thought that was a good idea at the time, but I really wanted a small business loan. It never worked out, thank God. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't know back then what I know now. So, you know, I remember going to these banks and I would go to big banks and small banks and, you know, bigger companies, smaller companies asking for a small business loan. And I remember feeling so disrespected and it was all these white men talking to me Mm -hmm. like I was an idiot. And so I'd go down this checklist and at the first sign of them talking down to me or disrespecting me, I would, you know, cross that bank off the list. And I remember thinking, you know, I can't wait for one of these banks or one of these loan officers to talk to me like the adult and like the business owner that I am almost as a way to like stick it to the system. Like someone will take me seriously. And I went, I'm saying dozens and none of these men talk to me like an equal and, you know, it's funny that there's a whole life lesson in there, right? Because it felt devastating. I'm like, I'm never going to make it. I'm never going to make it because I'm a woman, um, because I'm so young also too. And I'm and you've met mm-hmm. me, right? So I'm like yes. a very short human. So people think I'm 12, okay? Exactly. <laughs> so when you walk into a bank, they're like, where's Christina? And I'm like, I'm right here. They're like, no, no, Christina, the business owner. I'm like, yeah, bro, that's me. You know, they thought I was lost. Like, where's your mom? <laughs> But um, it wasn't meant to be. And to this day, I, I mean, I opened my gym without any loans whatsoever. And that was such a blessing. Looking back, it felt like wow. such an insult, but it was such a blessing in disguise. Wow. Christina, where do you get this resolve to show up multi- at multiple banks to keep moving forward with this thing despite like, you know, like you, you know, the story you're just telling where it's like everywhere is saying like, no. Don't do this. Where does that come from? Is this you? Dude, I don't know. That's such a good question. I think I love to prove people wrong. I like and it. so I like it. I think that's part of it. Like this competitive mm-hmm. nature, you know? Um, yeah. Not that any of these people that have denied me are keeping tabs on me, but it's kind of like, <laughs> let me just prove you wrong. But they are. <laughs> it's like walking on the sidewalk and you pass someone and you're like, I just beat you. Yes. Oh, my. I mean, I turn everything into a competition. (laughs) I just won. I just got these stairs faster than you. Loser. I did. Yeah. And I do the same thing. I love a good underdog story. And so I just feel like if anyone was ever going to write a book about me, that I might as well give them a damn good story. I fucking love it. This underdog story, I want to keep in line with that. Is that something that you bring into your business in terms of like how you coach people because you you have a gym and we'll talk about that but like you also do coaching for coaches yeah so is this underdog story this underdog mentality uh, is this something that you you bring into and like basically like resiliency training is this something you bring in with your your coaching in all any capacity yes oh my gosh resilience i think resilience has kind of been overdone you know you see it everywhere mm-hmm. now yes and there's a difference yes. between talking about it and being about it oh yes and you know i always make sure to say this to my clients whether they're my you know my gym clients or my business clients i'm like listen there is nothing special about me meaning that there's no reason why you can't go forth and fuck some shit up in your own world in the best way possible, you know? 
And it's it. victory is just so much sweeter. Even if it's a teeny tiny victory, when you have to fight for it and when no one handed you anything, like there's no silver platter, there's no silver spoon, it's you're just self-made. That to me is the sweetest, sweetest victory. And so I try to infuse that into everything that I bring to the table with my clients. I love that. And keep in line with that. Let's um let's do the, the like brick and mortar first and talk about that and then we'll go into the, the online business stuff. Like so what does let's actually we'll take it back to the very beginning. What does your gym look like? Where are you at now? What is your space like right now? So yeah, so we leave the single car garage uh because I capped <laughs> out, which is so important for any business owners listening, like I was trading time for dollars, right? So you get to this point where you either are working seven days a week to make more money or you're constantly raising your rates. So mm-hmm. at that time, I thought I need to be able to work with more people at the same time, which would have required mm-hmm. more space. So mm-hmm. we move, we, me, like when I say we, I mean me, cause it's really, it's yes. only me. Amen. I do the same thing. We, <laughs> we <Yes>. moved <laughs> to this 2000 square foot warehouse, which was my dream come true because it was recreating wow. this gritty open air, not polished. It's a, just a huge garage. There's a garage door, but we have space now, you know? And the industrial vibe was really important to me. And it's so funny because my, Mm -hmm. my commercial real estate agent didn't understand, you know, I think she was thinking, here's a little girl. She probably wants something like an orange theory. I'm like bigger, grosser, (laughs) more industrial, (laughs) dirty, like, you know? So yes, the warehouse is, you know, massive ceilings, big overhead door. I think it would be commonly mistaken for a CrossFit. Like it's got Mm -hmm. that that vibe to it for sure dude you just went and got a commercial real estate agent broker you were just like how did you do this you just googled it and then you did it how did you know what to do i i have no idea you like i said it's just like you wake up and you're like what do i have to figure out today and then once you make that first decision the next decision becomes very obvious right you just got to start from the ground, like put your boots on the ground and figure it out. And I thought, well, I'm pretty sure I need to start figuring this out. So I did some research, you know, on Google, like uh, commercial real estate and <laughs> called someone. And that was, again, that's like, that was step one. And then you get all these options. They're showing you buildings and you go, no, 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 no. And then, which leads to okay, then what the hell are you looking for? And I'm like, I mm-hmm. think it can't be an office space, right? It has to be an, an industrial space. And the next step becomes more obvious after you take that first step, you know? That's it. You folks listening, I told you, she's perfect for the show. <laughs> so fucking good. I'm like pumped right now. I'm like, okay, this is over. I'm going to go get a gym now. I don't even want a fucking gym, but I'm just like pumped up. Like, yeah, I'm going to do it. So which question I want to ask. So- this is the only minority woman-owned strength and conditioning gym in the state. Yeah. Yes? Yep. Dude, that's that's fucking remarkable. What's the name of your gym? Iron Phoenix Strength Club. And what's the demographic that goes there? All women. Woohoo! 
we Damn. have we have two male members and in order to be a dude and come in here you have to personally know one of the women and that was really really important to me mm-hmm. to maintain the culture that I wanted not because so I don't love men like I'm not anti-male mm-hmm. okay. but I myself can distinctly remember lifting around men and like becoming performative or self-conscious or like mm-hmm. needing to look really good which was so was just so antithetical to what I'm about like mm-hmm. I'm not showing up at the gym to look cute for anybody mm-hmm. but you put yeah. a good looking guy or any guy there and I'm suddenly like worried about what my ass looks like and so I yeah, wanted to fair. remove that for my members so you're trying to tell me Christina <laughs> That there are enough people in your state to niche down and have a female gym? Hell yeah. Niche down, baby. The riches is in the niches, right? Isn't that what they say? (laughs) (laughs) That is remarkable. You know, niching is clearly something that I'm I'm, I'm like on a a niching theme now. But, you know, my world is a digital space. It is far easier to niche in the digital space because there's more eyes and you're not limited to who can come through your door. Yep. Did you feel that you were, was there, was there any fear in terms of niching down when you were like, yeah, this is going to be all female or you're like, you already had these clients from before from the, from the, the single car garage. Like, was there fear around this? Totally. And I really doubted my decision for a long time until I thought, wait a minute, if this is a come one, come all gym, what is different about my gym than the other gym up the street, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. I didn't want anyone to mistake my gym as an option. Like, this Ooh. is not an op. This isn't like, oh, oh yeah, like okay, that. well, let me call someone else. It's like, oh, this is the only gym that's doing something like this for people like this. And so I had to really lean into that. And I knew that I was on the right track when I actually had a client of mine tell me, and it was out of the, you know, the kindness of her heart. She said, I think you're leaving a lot of money on the table by not letting men here. And it was in that moment that I realized that I was correct in doing it my way because my answer was like, wait a minute, no, because if you speak to everyone, you speak to no one. And Mm -hmm. I know that only speaking to women is going to help me. This is going to help yeah. the mission of this this gym. I love that. That is that takes guts. But it's so it's again it's so you and you know li- you living your morals and your values and being in your integrity despite the fact that, you know, in a capitalist society that may cause you to not make money and have a, a little bit of a difficult time initially. So where are we at now with corona and stuff because this is a brick and mortar so Oy, oh my goodness so this goes back to relationship building i know give it to me yes yeah <laughs> if it wasn't for the relationships that i've cultivated with these women we would be done i mean there would just be no at least i feel there'd be no reason yes. for them to continue to pay uh, a fairly yes. decent investment when you consider, again, other options, right? So they can go to a commercial mm-hmm. gym up the street. It's 10 bucks a month. But we are yep. a an exclusive private gym that 
is really big on programming, culture, and community, right? That's all part of it. So throughout the coronavirus, thank God for online business. I mean, really, I was able to, it took me less than an hour to turn my brick and mortar gym into a virtual gym um, when shelter in place was mandated, mm-hmm. meaning we, mm-hmm. we were done. And I thought, wait, I'm so equipped to make this switch. Yeah. And so I just built it out, sent out the emails. This is what we're doing. This is how we're doing it. Um and again, when you lead with that conviction, your people yes. pick up on that. So instead of me being yes. like, I'm nervous, I'm like, this is what we're doing. This is how we're doing it. This is why Ready, Set, Go. And we were a virtual gym in again less than an hour. Fuck and th- yes. That was March. So let's see, March, April, May, June. So middle of June, some of these restrictions started to lift. And so mm-hmm. we have restructured again. And so the way that this works, and here's how I explained it to my clients. I said, listen, you guys, I understand that this is a gym. Fitness is a, an important component of health, but I'm not here to put anyone's actual health and well-being at risk. So this is how we're doing this so that all of you and the communities in which you go out and participate in when you're not a part of this community, you know, when you leave these four mm-hmm. walls, mm-hmm. it's so important to me. So now we have this really... I think it's awesome. It's this hybrid model. So they have open gym access. There can be two of them in the gym at a time. They use their pin. They come in when they want, but they book in, right? So there's two people Mm -hmm. at a time. And now we're on True Coach. Okay, cool. Yeah. So it's a hybrid model. There's this virtual component with the in-person component. And again, that's something else you like you make a decision, you tell them, you you just lead with that confidence and the conviction and people are like, all right. Cool. Man, I love this. It took you an hour, but you <laughs> yeah. hit the nail on the head, man. Like this is, this is you to a T. Like there's a problem. I gotta fucking figure out a solution. Not be like, oh, who's coming to save me? No one. That's who's coming. <laughs> Absolutely no one. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. You are you planning on keeping? Um, I know we, no one knows what the what the hell's going on with Corona and, and such. But you thinking moving forward, you'll keep the the hybrid going dude yeah i think so you know this this goes back to business models and how you're making money and you know time for dollars and all this stuff and there's something to be said about the lack of flexibility that comes from having an in-person service meaning Mm -hmm. there's only so many 7 p.m.s on a Monday, and then there's yep. only so much equipment. You can't have, you know, 50 people all coming at that time. So there's all this logistical stuff to consider. And what a benefit for people to be able to lift when it doesn't rely on my availability, right? There's so yeah. the sky's the limit now with because of technology, like something like True yeah. Coach and yes. Yeah, so I don't know 100% of what it will look like in the future, but I'm going to figure out how this hybrid model can serve us moving forward, even beyond the coronavirus. I love it. What What does it look like um, for you working in the biz? Where are you now working in the biz? Are you still coaching? Like you're actually coaching and doing classes? Are you like being the CEO? And like what, are, what does your role look like now? 
I love that question. It's so funny that you say CEO, but that's been like the theme of this year for me, kind of elevating my own role in my businesses and figuring out, you know, that the tale as old as time for business ownership is how do you work on your business and less in your business? Yeah. And, you know, figuring out where I can duplicate myself, replace myself, replicate myself and so on. And so in-person business makes that really, really hard. Um, and I don't have any coaches that help me here. I would love to find someone who's moldable and coachable so that I can Mm -hmm. train them and replace myself. That's Mm -hmm. obviously almost impossible with the coronavirus, but it's definitely on my horizon. So I work a lot in my business and I work a lot on my business. And so if you ever see me and if I look super tired, that's why. (laughs) So yes, if they look at you and you look tired, it's because you are tired, but I kind of want to go in with that. One of the things that I see promoted a lot or taught a lot, just kind of, I think it's thrown out there because it's like a cool word, is like outsource, delegate. I I know I personally have trust issues, so I don't want to do that with people. But I know you do coaching. What is your, uh, you know, your philosophy, your approach to when do you delegate, when do you outsource, when do you do it yourself? Oh, it's a good question. I think people have to understand that there's different types of delegating. So this is going to sound completely unrelated to business, but it's not. One of the first things that I delegated was my lawn service, like no longer my own grass, you know, Mm -hmm. and that opened up time for me to do things in my business. Now, that's one way to get your feet wet because I'm not a grass cutting expert. Like why do I have to be the one doing that? You know? And also I'm not obsessed with my grass. So if I can pay someone 20, 25 bucks a week to cut it, that's amazing. Right. So that's actually how I started delegating was things that weren't inside my business because like you, I mean, I have trust issues too, where this just freaked me out, you know, like I'm going to give you my passwords and stuff. Like that's so scary. (laughs) So that's how I started delegating. Um, another way that I delegated that was a little bit more intimate was letting someone clean the gym for me, mm-hmm. you know, like, okay, I, like I have to be the one vacuuming the floor. Mm-hmm. So there's, I think there's different levels of delegation. Now, when I it, love that for me, what's scary is when it comes to, like, I was kind of saying before about replacing myself. I'm like, I don't know if someone else is going to care about my clients the same way that I yeah. do. Are they going to facilitate things the same way that I do? Like, I don't know. So I haven't gotten there yet, but, you know, I have a virtual assistant who will do things that don't replace me, but still need to be done, you know? So I think totally there's different types of delegation. I love that. I love that idea of starting with delegating the tasks in your life as opposed to the tasks in your business. That makes so much sense because, yeah, if it opens up time so that you can work on or in your business, whatever, it's still really super super important and then you get the practice of like actually letting people in to kind of do some stuff i love that i i wonder that too you know for me i am my brand my brand is me and the idea of like someone else is going to do this like what like you know and i think you know you and i are very similar in that when we get if when we get to that point that bridge where it's like this makes sense to do it that'll happen you know yeah i, I can't predict like 10 years from now i'm like we're looking at 10 minutes from now and working on that working on right now (laughs) yes 10 minutes from now that's it that's it 
things. Like, what's what's the problem in front of me? Okay, and we're going to solve that. So let's keep on with that in terms of your digital side of things. So you have a digital component of your business now, but like you are also a business coach. What does that look like? So I got to tell you where business coaching came from was I felt that there were a lot of parallels between the smoke and mirrors of the fitness industry and the smoke and mirrors of the business coaching industry. Mm -hmm. And I thought, hang on, the people that I'm trying to serve, the women that I'm trying to serve, they're the same. Like my ideal client is the same woman. She just has different goals, right? So she might have a fitness goal, but she's made up of the same stuff as my ideal business client. And they're kind of disenchanted by all of this crap in the fitness industry, if that's the problem they're trying to solve and or in the business coaching industry, you know, like shiny object syndrome and dangling the carrot in the fitness Mm -hmm. industry. It's all this bullshit. Like if you just eat like me and move like look like me. And then I thought this is exactly the same shit that's being shoved in my throat in the business space. Like just coach business, how I coach and you'll make as much money as I want to make. I thought that, that doesn't feel good to me. So there's got to be other people that just want it. They want to drink it straight. They want someone who's not going to be like, oh, make six figures in six months. Like, hey, what the, what, where is that even coming from? You know, like six figures is the online business carrot as like the fucking booty band programs of the fitness industry. It's the, the horse of a different color. You know what I mean? So... I thought instead of waiting for someone else to address this, I addressed it myself. <laughs> I, you folks listening, this is why I brought her on. <laughs> so who is, I love the booty bands of, it is though, like make six figures and you're like, wait, what, what about the rest? Of, uh, yes, all of it. So uh, who is the person that you help? She is resourceful. She has a track record of bootstrapping and figuring shit out on her own. And she is curious to see what happens and how far she can go if she has someone in her corner so that she's not trying to figure everything out on her own anymore. She was you. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yes. I love it. I love it. And is it mostly trainers that are looking to start their own thing? Like what is the, what's the problem you're solving? Yeah. So it's for burnt out personal trainers who are still stuck trading time for dollars and who also might have a little bit of a wild streak like I did. Like, wait, I'm just going to figure this out on my own. But here's the thing. No one teaches you how to run a business like ever. It's not taught. So Typically what they do is they go out and get more certifications. Like Mm -hmm. if I just get more knowledge, then people will see how valuable I am. And then my business will take off. And I'm like, yo, no one cares about your certifications. No one gives a fuck. You don't know how to explain your value in words that matter to your ideal client. So stop wasting your money on like another kettlebell certification. I mean, unless you really want to, but if you're Mm -hmm. creating another certification to more money or more success, more clients, you're, you're going to have certifications falling out of your ass with nothing to show for it. And that was me. Makes sense. So 
with all that's going on right now, Rona's here, racism is here, all that stuff that showed up in 2020. <laughs> like, are you advising, like, let me take that back. People are personal trainers. Like, these, we ha- these women exist already. They're out there. They have these certifications. Are you still advising? Like, is it still a good idea to be a trainer? Is there still, is there a future in this? What does that look like? Your thoughts on that? I definitely think that there's still a need and a reason for personal trainers to exist. But what I teach is to, at bare minimum, if you're going to be a trainer, you have to have a digital slash virtual component. You have to, because Mm -hmm. for those that needed the wake up call, 2020 is it. Like, what are you going to do if this coronavirus doesn't go away as quickly as we want it to? If you don't have a way or a system or a container to serve people at a distance, you're always going to be behind. Always. Have to go ahead and be a trainer. Yes. Like I love what I do, but I'm, I cannot stress enough the importance of having at least again, at minimum, a digital component. Love it. I love it. So if people are listening right now and they're like, eat me it me <laughs> how can they what do you have for them how can they how can how can they work with you gosh how or look to work with you what what happens say the last part again Chante. or look to work with you what, what are next steps if someone's listening and they're like yo christina's speaking my language what do you have for them yeah so in the business space i have two different ways that people can work with me i have a base super basic intro to online business because a lot of people see they're like what's a lead page like they don't even know Mm -hmm. how they ended up on someone's email list you know so i show them all the things that feel like big dark secrets of online business Mm -hmm. and they figure out how to implement that and the utility behind that and that's the easiest that's like the basic entry business to work with me and then beyond that i have a writing course that's a marketing course because if you want to do shit on the internet, you have to know how to write or like at least say mm. the words that matter to your clients. Um, and yeah, and I, I try to talk about business as much as I can on my podcast and over on Instagram, at least, you know, like you free content where, yeah. where it's at, you know, you can blow people's minds, educate them with your free content, which is amazing. Where can they find us? What is the name of your podcast? What is your name on Instagram? Please promote your shit. My name on Instagram is Christina underscore Montalvo. And my podcast is the Confidence Project podcast. And I cannot recommend enough that you listen with headphones because I'm like the F-bomb dropping queen. So (laughs) be prepared. (laughs) This is my girl. So I brought her on the show you got a website or something what's the easiest way for them to like look at all your stuff in one place christinamontalvo.com bing bang boom easy you folks know we will drop all of that in the show notes but i wanted to make sure that you know before i go on and ask more of the questions that you listening had a way to to move forward i think that there's there's a lot of problems being highlighted right now with everything that's going on and I want to make sure that I'm providing solutions, not just being like, hey, here's another fucking problem. Here's another problem. Oh, didn't that suck? Like, <laughs> this is why I bring people on. Like, I want to give you folks solutions. And to me, just 
you know, one of the things that I teach in, in my courses is if you want success, be successful. Mm. Like, keep showing up, do the fucking thing. And that is what Christina has done. I've been watching her and watching the things she puts out, watching the, the content she puts out, how she shows up in her integrity over and over and over again and the success she's getting for people and just how uh, convicted she is when she shows up. And I was like, I have to bring her on the podcast. And I feel that she's providing a huge solution to a huge problem that, you know, Rona has, has shown us and, and gaps in the market. And just, you know, I think that there's a lot of good things coming out of Corona. We have the great pause and people are having a moment to reflect and say, is this what I want? Is this how I want the rest of my life to look? And if maybe you have done that and you've paused and you're like, I need a change, I need a different direction. Christina has some solutions. So please, you know, check that out. If, if, what she, if you're picking up what she's putting down. In that vein, I'm looking at the time. I, I got my eye on it. But in that vein, what advice? And I'm going to give you like the, the cliche, the cliche um, question. What advice would you give to your former self? Knowing what you know now and how far you've come. Like, is there some advice that you would give or... You could quite frankly say like, no, because I did it the way I wanted to do it. Ooh, advice to my former self would be to fail faster. Ooh. Ooh, I'm interested. Please tell me more. Just, That's good. gosh, we have so much crap, like as a society, and even as, you know, business owners, as humans, that like failing is the end. And it's not. Like failing is the beginning because it's a lesson. So just fail as quickly and as often as possible and also to like beyond the lessons what a great testament to your and here's the word again resiliency like you can fail and it it's not the end of the story and not the end of the road it's just another lesson and so i wish that i had less fear like everything it sounds like i've done all this stuff just like really without any sort of fear, but there really was this fear of like, what if I fail? What if I fail? And I wish that earlier on, I would have had a better relationship with failure and mm -hmm. pursued it, like just relentlessly pursue failure. Because if you fail enough times, <laughs> success happens. <laughs> fail faster. That is really... Right? I mean, don't you so feel nice. too that like failure is scary, yeah. but also so necessary? Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, I did a podcast about it. So you folks listening, if you're like, but, 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 you know, reframe it, call it whatever word you want. But you know, what I'm taking from what she's saying is like, be scared, but do it anyway and do it sooner mm -hmm. because we have this fear and it's like, wait, wait, wait. And then you end up doing it anyway. Yeah. So I love that of just like, do it now and then learn from it. Like, like I said in the beginning, I think that you are like the, the physical embodiment of what I want my, my listeners to, to be like and, and, and strive to be like of figure it out. Have the confidence and the belief in yourself that you can and will figure it out. Yep. 100%. Is that because I feel like part of it is I mean, this is is you. I'm kind of circling back to what we asked earlier and then I'll wrap this up. But resilience confidence in yourself let's focus on that confidence in yourself i believe is a skill and 
from what I've seen and the things you post about and how you run your gym, it's something that you teach. Do you have anything that you want to offer in terms of how can one cultivate that skill of having confidence and having the belief in themselves? Yeah. Oh, I love this. Confidence comes from action. So if you're waiting to feel confident in order to take action, you're going to be waiting for the rest of your life. So action comes first and the byproduct of action is confidence. So you literally have to do the thing that you have zero evidence will work, zero evidence that you're gonna figure out, you do it (laughs) and then confidence comes. So like if you're waiting, well, and here's the thing too, like if you're waiting to be ready for anything, buckle up because you're gonna be there for a long time. (laughs) Like you're never gonna be ready for shit. And the confidence comes from just, just do the fucking thing. Like, I don't know. And whether or not you, if you do the thing and you fail, then you get resilience. If you do the thing and you succeed, then you get confidence. So really <laughs> you can't lose. It's win-win. Yeah. You can't lose. This is so, so good. To me, your story is just, I don't want to, it sounds so cheesy. Like your story is so inspiring, but it's just like, it fires me up. That's maybe that's a better way of saying it. I'm like, you could fire the fuck up just hearing what you've done and seeing what you've done and realizing that, yes, you can and you have to create your best life because no one's going to make it for you. No one's coming to save you. I say that all the time, Shantae. I'm like, no one's coming to save you. No like, it's no one. People are waiting right now. Like, I think right now is like the biggest... Right now, I'm sad looking at some of the businesses because I'm almost, I'm almost like, no one's coming to save you. Who are you waiting for? You need to go and figure this out and do something or you are going to die. That's it. Yeah. No one is coming to save you. Like, it, And then the flip side is when I see people pivoting, scrambling even, clawing their way to figure it out, I'm so inspired and I want to do anything I can to support that business because I'm like, yes. This is it. This is these are the people who were surviving. These people that are gonna get through it. Like this is what we need. So yeah, I agree, hundred percent. I'm right there with you. I just like I said, I love a good. Oh, I love a good underdog story. I love a good, like scrappy, just like hands dirty, boots on the ground story. And yeah, I I just love it. I'm obsessed with it. Now's the time, folks, because that's where we're at. It's like. <laughs> Get your boots on the ground. Get your hands dirty because this is how you're going to come out of this. Yep, always. Christina, I'm looking at the time. I'm going to wrap us up. But I always do, you know, I end the show the same way and ask, is there anything that you want to leave the people with that you haven't talked about, that we didn't talk about, or that you want to recap and reiterate? I just want to recap that there is, like anyone that you're watching in the online space, they're not different than you. And I think for me, you know, I used to hold a lot of resentment about people that came from like really wealthy families. I'm like, they're, they're Mm -hmm. starting the game on third base, you know? Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, similar to what we've been saying, no one's going to come save you. So just work harder, (laughs) you know, and you can create whatever story that you want. And is it going to take work? Yeah. Is it going to suck sometimes? Yeah. But 
No one's coming to save you. And just what a great story. I I always try to make sure this sounds so morbid, but you know, if I were to die tomorrow and someone had to give a eulogy on me, mm-hmm. is it is yep. it worth telling? Is the story worth That's telling? True. You know, how am I going to go down in history? How are people going to talk about me when I'm not in the room or when I'm no longer here? And man, that just makes you want to do cool shit. It, you know, um, without being again, born in like, cause I wasn't born into a rich family. None of it. It was all Mm self-made. And for me, Mm -hmm. that makes it all the more sweeter. And so no one's coming to save you. It's going to take hard work and you don't have to be special. You just have to be (laughs) resilient. That's it. (laughs) You gotta be willing to do the thing. I love it. I love it. This is why I brought you on. I'm going to leave the shrimp story out, but I'm going to say that shrimp story, <laughs> meaning this the shrimp story. You folks listening, you probably don't know what it is, unless you were at that course. And I know that we have some folks who listen to this uh, podcast who are at that course. Yeah. And they know the shrimp story. And we're going to keep it as our inside joke because it just makes me smile. The level of detail on that emoji, by the way, is just remarkable. <laughs> but we'll leave the shrimp story. Just throw it out there. That I got to tell you, Shantae, that weekend was so great. And you, I can't believe, I was just amazed that you, like, I got to have a beer with you. Do you know how amazing, like, that was so (laughs) cool. And that goes back to relationship building because you humanized yourself for someone like myself who was just kind of, I don't know, like, I don't want to say like celebrity but kind of I was like oh my god and Shante's drinking a beer with me and that was just such a such a cool weekend I will never that was such a great weekend for me that was a remarkable remarkable class just you know you you can say like all classes have their 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 thing and their judge and you remember things but that weekend was for so many reasons and the people the relationships that came out of that it was just you know sometimes sometimes you strike gold yeah, it's like, that was awesome. That was definitely one of those for sure. So good. So good. Friend, that's all I got for you, man. This was amazing. And I'm like, I'm just super stoked for all you're doing. I'm super grateful for all that you're doing. And thank you for taking the time to hop on the podcast. And just, just thank you for everything you're doing. Really, thank you. Oh, thank you. This was so great. I stopped sweating about 20 minutes ago. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> this was awesome. I really am honored. Thank you so much. This is dope. You folks listening, thank you. We know you couldn't be doing anything and you chose to listen to us. And for that, we're both super, super grateful. I am not going to ask for any likes or subscriptions or anything like that. I'm going to ask if you like this episode, if you love this episode, if it resonated with you, share it with someone who you think it could help. Go check out Christina's stuff and then share it. Like I said before, I'm all about providing solutions to problems. And right now we got a lot of fucking problems, but Christina just gave you a bunch of solutions. So if you know someone who's struggling with it, share it. If you're struggling with it and what she talked about, reach out. We have solutions. All right, friends, that's all that I got for you. Until next time, friends, Christina and Maestro 